Hello, and welcome to another edition of the month podcast known as We Never Do a Podcast, Brother Love Eagles Podcast. Ka, 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 ka. <laughs> that was not very excited given what's happened since the last time we recorded. Well, I was doing a call for each win that's happened since we last recorded. <laughs> yeah, that, that was so not emotional given what happened on Sunday. So why have we not uh, podcast for a month? Well, Amanda has a toddler with another one on the way. Our brother is gallivanting through Europe. And we kind of gave up on the Eagle season. <laughs> oh, wait, I like how you're like acting like you weren't gallivanting around wine country. <laughs> yeah, but I was available. <laughs> kind of. I was available. I mean, Thursday was too late to do a podcast because by the time we were done it, it would have been the next game. <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles had the miracle win in Los Angeles, but we were still not really holding out hope that they would even make the playoffs. So since then, we had the big win at Houston against Houston at home where they blew a 13-point lead and then uh, St. Nick had the miracle drive to set up Jake Elliott for the game-winning field goal. We had Chica- mm-hmm. Chicago bail us out versus a pathetic Vikings team to make the playoffs, um, which a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially in Chicago, are now regretting because they would have much rather played a terrible uh, Kirk Cousins versus clutch St. Nick. And then a little game in Chicago where – I've never seen it happen before where a ball hit the upright and the crossbar and somehow didn't go through. And we won the game in the most miracles of miracles of fashion. And somehow all the, the double doink, all the Donovan McNabb, Andy Reed angst of your youth has, has now been exterminated by St. Nick and, <laughs> and Dougie P. Well, I I know it has not been exterminated because, of course, now I'm already thinking, well, I'm now I'm so excited for the Saints game, but I know they're just going to lose. <laughs> but I'm trying to my, remind myself just to enjoy the moment considering they had no business. Well, let's be let's we're going to get to the Wentz Nick Foles debate, which is now become uh, exhausting and nauseating and overhyped. Um, but, you know, all the talking heads are going to do it, especially since I, I was surprised to learn that the Chicago-Philadelphia game was the highest-rated NFL game since last year's Super Bowl. Wow. So people are definitely, besides Eagles fans, and Bears is the third biggest market, but people are definitely interested in this team, and I think the whole Foles phenomenon somehow is is kind of caught even the country. Is This guy who's this journeyman had some good games, good season under – you know, Chip Kelly back in the day comes in as relief since the Jeff Hostetler days comes and takes the Eagles all the way to the Super Bowl and is seemingly doing it again this year. What do you think, Amanda? What do you think of St. Nick? And I'll rewind it to the beginning of the year when I said a successful season, as we know that Carson Wentz is a franchise quarterback. And we make at least the divisional round. Well, one out of the two has happened. <laughs> um. I mean, you know, it was crazy. Even your boy Ruben was uh, saying this past week or just the other day after the Bears game that he thinks that, you know, Nick might be the quarterback to go with. And I was like, what? That is surprising. And Ruben was very Um, much in the Wentz is the future 
forget about it. Why keep talking about this? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think somebody raised this point, and I think this is a really good one when it comes to Nick Foles, is that when you think about the career he's had, he's gotten through a lot of crap. You know, he goes from, like, being somebody who you know, look like could be a future prospect with Andy Reid and then to a ba- to a backup and then like almost quitting the league and then coming back and then going toe-to-toe with Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. So it might make sense why he stays so calm in these clutch situations because it's kind of like what else does he have to lose at this point because he's already been kind of all over the place. But um, back to your original question, I – as much as I really appreciate Nick Foles and his calmness and zenness, I mean, I, I don't think he's the future of the franchise. I think, you know, we've said this time and time again, Carson was hurt and you never know how long it takes to come back from an ACL injury and then compounding that with the back injury. I think, you know, this season Carson still played well considering the circumstances, but you just don't know how much of that is due to injury. And I just think long-term, you know, he's just the brighter star. Um, but that said, we haven't really seen him tested in the playoffs. So who knows how he would do compared to Nick Foles. Now, are you still Team Wentz because you have a ginger son? <laughs> no, I think I just think when you're comparing Nick Foles and Carson Wentz, I still think that Carson Wentz is the future. But, I mean, I do get the argument in terms of, um, you know, the conversation is interesting. I mean, Nick Foles has led you to a Super Bowl and now appears to be coming through in the clutch again. But I think that's – we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's just enjoy the moment and then let's see what what happens this season. If they lose next week, I don't think it will be as much of a conversation. What do you think? I – pretty much agree with everything you had to say, which is funny since we've disagreed about this pretty much throughout the year. You think I've been psycho (laughs) against Carson Wentz. So you think I definitely would be Nick Foles. If he keeps winning in miracle fashion and keeps coming up clutch at some point, you know, Bill Simmons, I think said it best is in the middle of the season, the Eagles weren't going to take any calls with any team. That's like, Hey, can we talk about Carson Wentz? But for every game that Nick Foles wins and someone says, hey, we'll give you two first rounders, they're going to at least listen if Foles keeps winning. I, I do I do agree with that. And that was also the point that Rube was making. At the same point, at the same time, not the same point, at the same time, yes, who's the brighter star? Wentz has the more – he's the more physically gifted. He has way more tools to be that star quarterback. Um, I was saving this for later, but I have a – Ultimate, would you rather? Would you rather Ooh. have Foles win a miracle second Super Bowl in a row and never be good again? Or would you rather have Wentz have an amazing Hall of Fame career but never win us the second Super Bowl? Ooh. Because we already have the Super Bowl. So that monkey's off our back. Yeah. So it's either we yeah. have fun for like a decade or we have this miracle two years and we're never good again. I think I'd rather take the second <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, I, I hear you because then it's just like years of torture. If Carson Wentz has an amazing career with the Eagles but never went to Super Bowl, 
I'd rather take the second Super Bowl than the years of torture. Right. Uh, what what would you? Pick? I don't know. I I think they're compelling arguments because you had this miracle two year run. We're on this. You know, this season reminds me a lot of the Donovan McNabb, the nine six and one. They get to the NFC Championship game, but then we pretty much were never really good again until this run recently. We had the Chip Kelly playoff year, but that was very short-lived, and then the league caught up with him and then realized that he was a fraud. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, if they make it to the – if they lose in this round, it's already been a fun run that we, we never expected to happen. I would like to still – it's still be a close game. But, like, like, like say, let's take last week, for example. I had resigned myself to the fact that he was making that field goal. And I was I was okay with it. I wasn't happy, and I was definitely cursing throughout the game when they made a lot of boneheaded plays because I thought in the first half they dominated. They shouldn't have been down 6-3. Foles had a terrible mm-hmm. interception in the end zone. The first one was a great play by the Bears, so I didn't really blame him for that. But we were moving the ball, and our defense was dominating them. And then, um, you know, Trubisky and the Bears started really eating up our, our secondary with the double moves. Shocking. What has our, what, what our quarterbacks, no matter who's been in there, um, had had trouble with all year, so that was no surprise. But then when it all came down, it all mattered. And this is what I said to my Bears fans. I I love all my Bears friends. I don't have one Bears friends I don't like. But I said to them, your team was based on your defense, and they didn't make that stop at the end of the game. Everybody's blaming the poor kicker, Cody Parkey, former Eagle. But in the end, it shouldn't have come down to that. And I also said the Eagles blew a lot of chances in that second half. They should have had two picks on Trubisky. So both teams – should never let it come down to that last play. I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's totally unfair to put it all on on Parky's shoulders when there was a lot of missed opportunities by both teams. And then both teams, the story of the first half was Eagles giving up dumb penalties. And then the second half, the Bears were giving up dumb penalties. That cost them a lot of yards. So it's like, I agree with you. It was, there was mistakes on both sides. It was just one of those trenches games that came down to the last play. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's really, I mean, granted, I can't say that the Philadelphia fans would have handled this situation better, but I mean, I think it's really unfair the amount of, you know, booze and, and ridicule that Parkey is getting. But again, I can't say that, <laughs> I can't say the Eagles fans would have been better if the situation was reversed. Well, this goes to but. my theory of cold weather cities, is that if you grow up in a very cold weather city, you become passionate about sports because what else are you going to do during the winter? And then when you have these tough losses and your team hasn't been good for a while, if ever, you're going to be really bitter and you're going to be really mean and you're going to start doing really awful things. So it's it doesn't surprise me that the Bears fans reacted that way. The Eagles fans would have been just as bad. Maybe not as bad this year since we're coming off a Super Bowl, but they wouldn't have been very nice about it, especially since Cody Parkey did not have a very good season. So. Um, yeah. Oh, it would have been a bunch of Dales. What do we have to look forward to? So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. But we had but, said this I season mean, was over at Thanksgiving, and here we are that we're somehow still alive. I mean, that's that's what makes the Nick Foles story so fascinating is this is the second season in a row he's come off the bench and is charging them through the playoffs, and that's that's why it's so interesting and it's getting so much coverage. I mean, how many times can you think of this happening with other teams? I mean, for a second season in a row where he's coming in from as a backup again, 
And also having unbelievable and... stats. He has all these amazing stats in the playoffs. Like he's his stats are the best in NFL history. He's up there with the Tom Brady's of the world and the Joe Montana's of the world with these stats for yeah, a limited set compared to Tom Brady or Joe Montana, but still like if you look at just the stats, um, like third down, he's the best in third down playoffs with and the only person that is on par with him is Joe Montana. Like those are the stats that are just staring you in the face, which is just unbelievable, especially since let's put it this way, if he had opened up the season on fire they wouldn't have rushed Carson Wentz back, but he did not look very good. No. The whole team was off to a slow start at the beginning of the season, Nick Foles included. So. No, I I agree. And I think, as I said, I think this whole comparison is really unfair because, as I said, last year, Carson was hurt. We have no idea how he would have fared compared to Nick Foles. He might have been magic in the playoffs. I think – I mean, one of the problems with Carson he might have is been he magical. tries to, <laughs> but I I think you'd be really be really proud of me for admitting Carson's limitations. But I think I think the difference between Carson and Nick Foles is that Carson has too much of the superhero syndrome of wanting to put the game on his back, while Nick Foles seems to just be like, "I'm just gonna play and see what happens," and maybe Carson can learn from that a little bit and just like not try to to put the team on his shoulders but it's hard to say what would happen you know Carson wasn't available in the playoffs last year he's hurt now I mean maybe there's an argument that he could come back later in the playoffs I don't know if that's a smart idea at this point but you know but as you said it's not like Nick Foles has played spectacularly when he's played in the regular season yeah and he he didn't he had two terrible at least one terrible interception in the Bears game but then when it mattered and he had a chance, you know, and like that crazy fourth fourth down when the game was on the line and he calmly just put it under, like side-armed it to Golden Tate, you know, like that's just innate. That's just something that like he's confident in those moments that is just either you have it or you don't. And like you said, we've never seen – we've seen Wentz amazing in the regular season, but we seldom see him in the playoffs. I think just what's so interesting about this season, and it's not, you know, exclusive to the the quarterback situation, is we've said this before. Other than the New Orleans game, every game that we lost, we had a chance to win, and we still played terribly in almost (laughs) all of those games. So, I mean, I think that's what's been really interesting is, are we finally clicking at the right time, or we've always been in it, and... I don't know. It's just been it's been such a frustrating season. Or we played well for a... three quarters and blew in the fourth quarter. Exactly. There's just as you said, there's just no read on this team. They're just so all over the place. Yeah. But they've always kept it interesting, other than the New Orleans game. And oh, hey, guess what? We're playing New Orleans again. <laughs> so hopefully, it's not a repeat. Well, I have no read on this team. I've been wrong with them all year. I didn't think they were going to beat the Bears. I don't think they're going to win this week. So then, of course, we'll win this week. But yeah, who knows? Or we'll or we'll lose forty eight seven again. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing I like about this, as compared to playing the Rams again, I mean, I think the whole team you get the sense that they have something to prove to say that that game was. A fluke and this is not the team that they were when they played them the last time and I always like it better when they have a chip on their shoulder as opposed to 
beating the Rams last time where they nobody expected them to win that game and having to play them again. And New Orleans didn't look good the last month of the season. They rested all their stars the last week. So they haven't played a meaningful game in three weeks now. So that's always mm-hmm. – you're always nervous about that if you're the one or two seed. So um, mm-hmm. I think this is the toughest of – of the divisional round away games playing in the Superdome. So they have the tallest task, but that's what they deserve for barely getting to the playoffs. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. If they somehow pull this out, which I agree, I don't think they will, but if they somehow do, then it's like, Hey, they just got hot at the right time. And great. (laughs) Keep going. Dude, keep going. All right, well, uh, that was all I had for – because I we could keep talking about Wentz versus Foles, but every talking head was has been talking about ad nauseum, and, you know, it's it's the same yeah. take over and over again. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's an embarrassment of riches for us. Like, when in the world will we think we have two quarterbacks? One is supposed to be the franchise QB. The other one is a Super Bowl MVP, you know. I can't, I yep. can't complain about having two quarterbacks and, you know, it hasn't seemed to divide it, the locker room. Um, the only thing it is, is made Carson Wentz's social game even lamer than it already was. <laughs> so, I mean, Carson has been very quiet the last couple of weeks. No, he, he's posting about stupid dogs. Well, but like football quiet. Normally it's like, you know, Jesus bless us in our game this week, fly equals fly. There hasn't even been any of that, has there? I haven't seen any, at least not on the gram. I don't follow him on Twitter. Well, the last one I can remember is the one where he was like, I know it's been a tough year, but I would go to battle. I wouldn't go to battle with anybody but these guys. And then that's when they're like, oh, he's out for the probably the rest of the season with this, you know, weird back injury. And then now it's like he doesn't even dress. So – you know, and he's not going to dress again this week. So it's just all very, very odd. Um, yeah. But, you know, if you're Doug Peterson, what else are you going to do? You got to ride the hot hand. Everybody, no one disagrees with that. Yeah, for sure. It would, But it's just a little disconcerting to me that Carson, because last year he was all about, you know, every week posting like, yeah, I believe in this team. I wish I could be playing with them, blah, blah, blah. Like, Nick has this down, and this year it's ah, been quiet. Ah, so you're saying the dogs is his, uh, is his defense mechanism that now he's just bitter. Exactly. Because you know that's got to be eating at him. Like, this is this, you know, this, I'm sure last year, and he even said it, you know, part of him was frustrated because, of course, he wants to be out there, but you know, it's a team game, blah, blah, blah. Well, now it's the second year in a row that the same thing is happening and Nick's getting all the press. I mean, he's human. That has to be annoying. I'd be annoyed. Yeah, of course. I mean, you're competitive. You're an elite athlete. You're a quarterback. You know, to be great, you have to have an ego. And we know that, you know, he's addicted to playing football, you know, hunting, playing football and loving God. Those are his, those are his (laughs) tenets in life. So, um, I'm sure. And his sister wife. <laughs> <laughs> She's looked cuter lately. I'll give her credit. But he, I, I but don't he think, still apparently. It's not that I don't think she's cute. He still apparently hasn't had time to see a dermatologist. <laughs> oh, my God. Matt, I was thinking 
when they showed him on the sideline during the game, like what was going on with his neck? Yeah, like it's like like did you yeah, notice this? Like, he like had claw marks. Yeah. <laughs> Regan was like, "What? What is wrong with his neck?" I'm like, "That's the acne I've been telling you about." <laughs> even I was listening to another uh, podcast, and even somebody else on another podcast was like, "I think Carson needs some proactive." People are stealing our bit. It's finally caught on. <laughs> it's finally our 50 gone. listeners have spread but the word. <laughs> no, because I think that those shots of him on the sideline, that neck thing was so obvious. Like, it looked like he had developed some bizarre mole. Like, it was huge. Yeah, several of them. <laughs> oh, that's disconcerting. Well, with all this time you have to rest, you should see a dermatologist. (laughs) I have one random rant about the game that really drove me nuts that probably only drove me nuts. But the whole um, coverage of the, the complete pass that turned into the fumble that no one recovered call, the coverage of that was driving me insane because that stupid like whoever these ref experts are we just need to get rid of them i don't like any of them they're really annoying like all of them Pereira, whoever the hell this guy was like (laughs) let's just get rid of them all but all the coverage was all about he caught the ball he should get the catch and i'm just like no there was also a fumble and the ref blew the blew the play dead like i think it was the right call in the end ultimately like it was a bizarre play well the problem is is like it's in real time both the receiver the receiver his reaction i can't remember which receiver was on the bears but his reaction was like dang it like incomplete like he was like man i had it and i lost it so he thought it was incomplete Mm -hmm. the eagles d-back thought it was incomplete the ref thought obviously thought it was incomplete he picked up the ball and then when you put it down to super slow motion you know when do we get to the point where it's like you know, oh, well, by the letter of the law, that's the problem is even when they try to change the law, uh, the law, the rule, um, it's still going to like but this had never happened before where you had seen it like that. I thought for sure they were going to give him the completion and just say like the, the Cowboys game. I mean, because that was the same sort of thing where they fumbled it. But then even when the Eagles are only one around the ball, they couldn't see a clear recovery by the Eagles. So they still gave it to the Cowboys. So I thought we were going to get screwed again with that kind of call. So, um, yeah, it, I, it didn't bother me because it just had never happened before. And I actually didn't – I get what you're saying about the ref experts because, like, sometimes they're a little wishy-washy when you're just like, give us your expert opinion. Like, and if you're wrong, you're wrong. Like, I do like that about Pereira. He's like, ah, no, I think they made the wrong call. Or, you know, this is right. And then when they, they don't agree with him, he's like, yeah, I think they got it wrong. So – I, I get why they do it now, but yeah, it's just still, even when they try to make the rule a little less ambiguous, there's something new that they, they can be ambiguous about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as I said, I think ultimately it was the right call in the end. It was the fair call where if, when you broke it down the replay, you have a catch and a fumble, but no one can recover it. Okay. I, I think it was fair how it panned out. But just the coverage is driving me nuts because the expert kept being like, that's a catch. It should be a catch. It should be a catch. I'm like, do we give no credit to the fact that the defense made a good play? Like, there's no credit for that. Well, I think he was saying dead? the same thing that is annoying about that rule if there's not a clear recovery when it's the ref's fault that they blew the whistle dead. They bu- Sorry, yeah. they, bu- they blew the play dead with, you know, 
with with a whistle. So that's what happened in the Cowboys Eagles game on the kickoff. So I thought it was going to be the same sort of rule. So I see what he's getting at. So it didn't bother me that yeah. much. The one that I totally agree with is like they have 8,000 cameras. They don't have one that has the doink, the double doink. Like they couldn't get that. <laughs> Dude, I, I couldn't agree more. Was it was it Bill Simmons who was calling on yeah. about that? I forget. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more because when the play happened, you know, you're kind of watching it and you're like, so did he miss? <laughs> I mean, if it wasn't for watching the the ref signal, no good. I would have had no idea. Like, there's so many cameras and I have no idea. I thought it. Which way w- it I thought it hit the upright and went through. That's what I, I thought. I'm sure too, that's what initially. happened. And then I saw the Eagles celebrating. I'm like, what? And that's, <laughs> you know, and that was like much like when I was at Humble Brag, when I was at the Super Bowl last year, the Eagles won. Like, I didn't really know until I saw the Eagles celebrating. I was the same way with the double doink. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It was on TV. It was like, so we won? <laughs> <laughs> we did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. It was really hard to sell on television, but hey, I'll take it. Sometimes I'd rather be lucky than good sometimes. Well, when you have a miracle run like this, like you got to have luck. Any of these teams that win a Super Bowl, you know, it's there's so much luck involved because, you know, with the parity, there's not going to be a dominant team. So you sometimes need these little things to happen. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the whole uh... – uh, thing about Nagy choosing the Eagles and the all the play that's gotten choosing to play the Eagles instead of the Vikings. I I mean, I would have taken Kirk Cousins over Nick Foles any day. I mean, that team looked pathetic in that last game against the Bears, and that was in the fourth quarter. They were playing against backups, so I, I get the criticism, but it's hard in that situation. Like Pez, who you know is a diehard Bears fan, he agreed with that that they. They were never going to get the bye at that point, but they should play for momentum, especially with Trubisky having come off injury to give him another week to give him build, have him build up confidence. You know, and in the end, you know, he probably said, hey, we need to take down the defending Super Bowl champs. And, you know, they had every opportunity to do it. So I think it's a little unfair, but I get it. Um, and, you know, I think it's so easy to question these these coaches now because I know they Nagy was getting crushed for the time management. But in the end, like I said, like you're, 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 this Bears team was known for their defense. Their defense was the one that carried them all season. They're up five. They they just need to stop the Eagles once, and they couldn't do it. So that's on the defense mm-hmm. in the end. So yeah, it's easy to pick on Nagy, but in the end, their defense had a chance to win. Um, I know their secondary had some key injuries, but you know that's that was the strength of their team, and they couldn't stop the Eagles when it mattered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And the other thing is, um, I think it's always hard to go against a divisional rival in the playoffs. I mean, as as crappy as the Vikings look, there's just something about a divisional game that always is tough. So I wonder if that was also something that Nagy was thinking. Yeah, you know, it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback after they lost. There's a million ways, but that, you know, that, that game easily could have gone either way. Yeah, we could be co- I mean, complaining was... about all the way the Eagles blew it, just as much as we're complaining about all the way the Bears blew it. If I had no vested interest in that game, it would have been. I mean, it was still was entertaining with a vested interest, but if I had no vested interest in that game, it was 
it was just a really entertaining game. Like both teams had their chances. Both teams had their plays that they messed up and stupid penalties and it came down to the wire and you can't ask for anything more entertaining in the NFL. There was controversy. There was, you know, a big fourth down play. There was the field goal at the end, (laughs) the upright and the crossbar. I mean, it had all the drama you want. That's (laughs) what makes the NFL still great. Exactly. It's the, and dumb and dumb ref experts. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's generally the refs are going to blow at least a couple of calls every every game. You know, NFL refs yeah. just aren't very good. <laughs> <laughs> Fact. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. All right. Well, off mm-hmm. to New Orleans. How how are you feeling? I feel like we have nothing to lose. We're playing with house money. We've been playing for, with house money for the last three weeks. So here we go again. I think we've been playing with house money for the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> that team last year deserved well, it, though. We were the number one they seed. Deserved, they deserved to be in the playoffs, but once Carson got hurt, none of us were expecting Nick Foles, especially after the Oakland game. After and the that. first half of the Atlanta game. He didn't start picking up until the second half of the Atlanta game, and they barely won that first game. So it has a similar mm-hmm. feel that way where – it came down to a fourth down play where they the defense made a stop um, where if Atlanta scored, they win the game. So, like I said, you need a little luck. Um, but mm-hmm. it's it's a big, formidable task. But they look completely different than the team that got blown out. New Orleans doesn't look as dominant as they once did. So, you know, I'm, I'm uh, excited to see what happens. I know. I don't and I'm of course I can't help but be nervous about it. And I'm like, why am I nervous? They had no they have no business being in this game. <laughs> but I'll be of course furious when they lose. Oh yeah, there was definitely there's definitely like I'm way calmer with Eagles games than I used to be, but there was definitely still some cursing. <laughs> oh, I know, and I know exactly what you mean with watching the end of the game, you know, you're just like I was sitting there just saying, all right, let's just kick this field goal. Just get this game over with. Like, I just need to move on with my day. (laughs) So when he missed it, I was like, wait, we're still in the playoffs? (laughs) This is amazing. Uh, Well, uh, if anything, Eagles, I appreciate you keeping me entertained for another week. Exactly. Yeah. And to our it. other sibling, have fun gallivanting across Europe in your electric scooter. <laughs> <laughs> scoot, 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 scoot. Hopefully the Eagles can <laughs> scoot, scoot past the Saints. Hey, <laughs> with that, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.